This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. We serve an awesome God. In his first six-day lesson of encouragement in his series entitled, Everything's Possible for Our God of the Impossible, Pastor shows us how awesome God really is with the revelation that we serve a God of such power that there's nothing beyond his ability to accomplish, for he truly is the God of the impossible. Retelling stories of some of the most powerful miracles ever recorded, Pastor Ray illustrates Bible truths that can change our very destiny if, when even having a little in faith, we start where we are, use what we have, and do what we can. In answer to our faith, God will then be with us when we start, bless us and multiply what we have, and do those things that we can't. In facing even life's most overwhelming challenges, Pastor reminds us that we serve a God of abundance and that everything is possible for our God of the impossible. Don't ever despise the man of God. Because the man of God that God brings into your life is the very connection to your miracle, to your breakthrough, and to the impossible thing in your life becoming possible. The man of God. She didn't despise the man of God. Now, now the interesting interaction, because I, I, I want you to get this and, and, and listen to this, because this is, this is good. So he sees that there's a widow. They, they, they meet each other. And when he came to the gate, indeed, verse 10, and he called to her and he said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she's probably walking away saying, all right, I'll give you a little bit of water, but now you want something to eat. This guy doesn't understand that. I ain't got nothing here. I got just a little bit left to go make for my, my son and me. We're going to go eat and die. So, so she said to him, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour and a bin, a little oil in a jar, and see him gathering a couple of sticks that I may go eat and prepare it for myself my son, that we may eat it and die. So she's in a pretty desperate situation. Now look at verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself. Now listen, if this were modern day and this hit the news, you know, circuit, Preacher takes the last morsel of food from the poor widow woman and her son. Bad, bad preacher man. See, they're all alike. All they want is your money, money, money. That's all they're about. They have no concern for the poor little widow woman who had nothing left to eat. All they wanted to do is take her last food. Scoundrels. And that's what would be the modern day response. But to see Elijah, because he was the man of God and knew and understood the principles of God, 
that by taking care of the man of God who bears the word of God and is the messenger of God to a whole people, a whole body, a whole nation, when you take care of the man of God, it's like taking care of God himself and you are protecting the message that God has put and the anointing in that man's life. When you take care of the man of God, guess what? God's going to take care of you. Amen. He puts, he puts Elijah and this woman in a very precarious situation, but Elijah being the man of God that he is and understanding the principles of God and the way they work, he tells her, go get some for me. Give me a morsel and then go make it for yourself. Take, now you see, this wouldn't work in our modern day thinking. It's like, what? Huh? Give it to the man of God? Huh? Don't you think the kid should eat it? Man, see, 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 that's just ignorance to the principles of the word of God. We're trying to keep the message of God alive. We got to keep the messenger alive here. We got to keep him going because he's the one that's calling down drought. He's the one that's going to call down rain. He's the one through whom God is going to get to get to Ahab and take care of him and finalize him. He's the one whom God is trying to work through to defeat the enemy in the world today. Does that make sense to you? You see. So he says, so, so he says, go, go take care of me first. See, you understand that principle. See, this is something that I practice in my life. I take good care of my spiritual fathers and those that I'm connected with. So, so Elijah goes and tells the woman, now this, this had to be a godly woman, because she heard from the Lord that God said he spoke to her about Elijah coming. And then when Elijah comes and gives this instruction, you know, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is tough because she's thinking, well, I could feed my son and maybe we could just go die in peace. Why do I have to give him something? What's he, he's, he's coming, he's a scoundrel, he's trying to cheat. She had to be a woman of God. She had to know that God was involved in this, even though she didn't understand fully what the outcome was going to be. Amen. It was just what the, what the man of God said. The man of God said, go make me a cake, go feed me first, take care of me and watch and see what God's going to do because your barrel, barrel's not going to uh, dry up and the cruise oil's not going not to run dry. She was going on pure faith here. There's no flour, there's no wheat, there's no water. Everything's drying up. Everybody's dying. And this crazy man comes up and says, take the little you have and give me it. Give... <laughs> this brings me back to the point that I've been hammering home the last couple of weeks is that you've got to do something with, with what you have. See, some are sitting here, you're complaining about what you don't have, can't do that, can't give, can't, can't help, can't participate because of this, can't do it because of that, can't do it. Yet every reason why you can't, this little woman had every reason why to tell, tell Elijah to go take a hike. Are you a crazy man? Just, just take a hike. Get out, get out of here. How am I going to take care of you? The nerve of you asking me to make you something. I don't even have enough for myself and my son. The nerve of you to try to get an offering off of me. How dare you? See, that's why I don't want to be around church people. I don't want to go to church because I'm always asking for an offering. No, she had to be a woman of God because even though it was a difficult situation that she was in, she knew that somehow God was involved in this. And she trusted, she trusted two things. She trusted the voice of God that she was hearing and she trusted the man of God that God brought to her door. She trusted 
what she believed God was speaking to her, and she trusted the man of God. So when the man of God showed up and gave her instructions, she didn't have any problem obeying those instructions. And she stepped out in faith. See, your connection to your man of God is really, really important. You've got to have that connection. You see, you can't just select your pastor because he's popular, because he has the biggest church or the smallest church, whatever you like or prefer, because the church has the best looking people, because you're looking for a husband or a wife. You can't, you can't belong to church because the pastor is so charismatic, so cute and handsome and all of the above, smart, you know, sharp, wise. No, no, there has to be a divine connection. Because when you hear his voice, you know that you're hearing the voice of God. And that's why, you know, well, that's, that's a message for another time, but you know, you know his voice. And you're, you're connected. That's how, that's the beginning of your breakthrough in your life. So, so he, uh, she does, and she goes and, and, and gets it in verse 12, and, and uh, he said to her, and as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, she said, only a handful of flour, right, and gathering sticks. So um, Elijah, Elijah says to her, verse 13, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a cake from it first, unusual. God works in unusual ways. Bring it to me, and afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel that the bin of flour shall not be used up nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and you know I'm going to say something here. See, She went away and did according to the word of Elijah. You know what I wrote my Bible under that verse? Radical faith. Radical faith. So I want to give you we'll finish up here in a few minutes but I want to give you a few things to remember when you are faced with an impossible situation. And some of it's going to be a little redundant, but that's all right. They'll put them up on the screen. You write these things down. Number one, never let limited supply limit you. Jesus didn't let the, the limitations of the, of, the, of the provision. They only brought him five loaves of bread and two fish to feed probably 20,000 people. But he didn't allow the, the, the limitation to limit his faith. Don't let... Don't let uh, Limited supply limit you. You may not feel that you're smart enough, good enough, charismatic enough, big enough, influential enough, whatever it be, it doesn't equipped enough. I felt all of those things. But it doesn't matter. You can't allow your limited supply to limit you. You see, because we have to always have that verse resounding with God, all things are possible. It goes back to that little thing. You see, you start where you are, you use what you have, you do what you can. God will be with you where you are. He will bless what you use and he will do what you can't. It goes back to that. So don't look at your limited supply and let it limit you. Because sometimes you look at what you have and you see where you want to be and you get frustrated and you don't even try. And I keep saying this because I know so many people like this. They're defeated even before they try. People talk themselves out of things before they even have the facts, all right? So never let limited supply limit you. Always have this, this verse in the back of your mind that with God, all things are possible. That's my, you got to say to yourself, in every, situ, every impossible situation, all things are possible with God. 
See, I look to my future and I look to the things that I want to do and accomplish. And some of it, I look at it and say, oh my gosh, that's, that's like in the natural, this is impossible. But I quickly remind myself that with God, all things are possible. So I better just shut my mouth and just keep my faith strong and keep my eye on the, on the, on the goal and continue on in faith because with God, all things are possible. Amen. All right, here's another one. Be God-reliant and not self-reliant. You've got to learn to rely on God. If you're, going to do the, if you're going to get through an impossible situation or see the impossible become possible, you're going to have to be God-reliant and not self-reliant. But be, be God-reliant and not self-reliant. All right? So uh, Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Love that verse. All right. Um, here's another one. Never despise anyone. We talked about that. God will use the most unlikely people in your life. So don't despise people. Don't, don't despise the man of God. Don't despise the widow. Because the person you're sitting next to right now could very well be the person who God's going to use in your life to bless you or help you in some way. You, don't, you just never. Don't burn bridges. Treat, that's why I'm going to probably do this more often before we get started. Say we're a loving church. You've got to treat everybody with love and respect. Because let me tell you what, along the way... You just never know what's going to come, what's going to come around and come back to you. Y'all listening to me up there? Because I didn't forget that you're up there. Even though I'm not looking up there, I know you're up there. I can see from both sides of my head, top of my head, behind my I see all the way around. Never despise the man of God. As we, we already spoke about, don't despise the man of God. You, you embrace the man of God. Whoever that is, if I'm your pastor or somebody else is your pastor, embrace that man of God and treat him right and help him in his life to accomplish the vision and the mission and take care of him. And your life's going to be blessed and your life's going to be increased. That's the principle of God's word. You take care of him, God's going to take care of you. All right? Um, Never let negative, unbelieving, or doubting people rob you of your faith, dream, or vision of doing the impossible. Keep faith-filled people around you at all times. Remember one time when, uh, I guess it was Jairus, came to get Jesus and asked him to um, come to uh, heal his little daughter. And in, on the way uh, to going, the message came that the little girl died. And Jesus didn't even hear, no, she's not dying, she's asleep. She's asleep, she's asleep. And then all the doubters, she's dead, she's dead, he's asleep. They wouldn't listen to the word of the Lord. So anyway, Jesus goes to the house. And what was the first thing that he did? He put everybody out. Sometimes you've got to put everybody out. Are you all listening to me? Sometimes you've got to put every, all the doubt and unbelief out the door. And you just got to get alone with God and a couple of faith-filled people who can believe God with you. And you stand together for whatever impossible situation you're standing against. All right? Never let fear talk you out of your blessing. Fear is a tool that the devil uses to keep you from progressing in life. And I know a lot of people that are bound up by fear. I just heard a story, I'm not going to reveal who it is because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I was having a, a, a wonderful um, conversation with, the other night we had a thing and, and I was there and I had a wonderful conversation with, with, a, with a gentleman who was there and he just came over to talk to me a little bit and tell me how appreciative he was of the ministry and he said, Pastor, he said, you don't, I don't know if you remember this, but one day I said to you, uh, my wife and I are going to buy an apartment. And you said to me, why don't you buy a house? And he said he was like, he, didn't, he was taken back by it because he never thought house, he was thinking apartment. 
So he went home and he told his wife and he said, uh, honey, Pastor Ray thinks we should buy a house. So her response was, well, I guess we're buying a house. <laughs> See, you never know how you affect somebody. And, and he told me the story. He says, he says, Pastor, he says, you know, the church that I grew up in and the church I was in, it was all about Jesus is coming. So you don't need money. You don't need wealth. You don't need a house. You don't need, don't, just Jesus is coming. So what do you need it for? That's crazy thinking, man. I'm, listen, if Jesus comes tomorrow, that's great. I'm going to enjoy the day and use whatever I got to the fullest enjoyment. He can come tomorrow. It's all going to stay here anyway. But there's that thinking. It keeps people stuck in poverty. And he admitted, he says, you know, I was stuck in this, this thing. He said, but I came here and you really helped to broaden my understanding and to open us up. And thank you because now we own a house. He said, we bought a house. And he began to tell me about all the miracles that happened along the way it helped me you know that worked to get him into this house and we didn't even know how it was going to happen but we're just walking by faith and step by step by step God just provided the way and God made a way where the, God was making the impossible become possible and now he thanks us thank you thank you thank you we're, we're, we're living in our house praise God you know you know so so don't let fear or, you know, you can even stick in there, you know, stupid teaching that causes fear. Because, well, you know, that teaching comes with, you know, what comes with that teaching is this idea that, you know, well, you know, uh, God, doesn't, God doesn't want you to prosper. And, you know, uh, you know, poverty is synonymous with piety. Ain't, not, ain't no such thing. Poverty is synonymous with poor. Just plain old poor, man. Poor. <laughs> It's, you, call it, you can call it whatever you want to call it. It's poor. Dress it up. Put a fancy label on. Poor is poor. And it stinks. I don't care what you say. I don't have any money. I don't have any. But we got love. Love ain't pay no bills. Doesn't pay the mortgage. Doesn't put gas in the tank. Doesn't put food in your belly. You can have all the love in the world. Let me tell you what. You need money. I said you need money. Oh, see, I only got a few hand claps. If you don't agree with me, I'm going to call your blessing into my life. I'm going to take what was Jesus. Give it to me if they don't want it. I will take it, Lord. Very good. Promenading around as these spiritual people. Oh, come on, you. you're a bag of wind. Stop it. Knock it off, man. We need money to live. And Jesus said that I come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. He didn't give it to you less. He gave it to you more in this, in this life. So come on. Let's get off that, that horse. You beat that horse too long now. Just, just get off of it. Knock it off. You need provision in your life. And God wants to get it to you if you'll do it his way. All right. So never let fear talk you out of your blessing. Never let poor self-image hold you back from going for the impossible. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And that holds a lot of people back because you see that, and it's important. You know, it's like the gentleman that I just told you about. The church that he was attending, he was receiving a word that was beating him down into povertyville. And that's all he could think. That's why I see your church is the church you attend and the pastor you connect with to me is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. You shouldn't just choose a church because it's big or small. 
it's nice, it's tall, the people are good looking. What, that's crazy, man. The one thing you select a church for is the word that's coming out from that pulpit. It better be a word that's encouraging, that's lifting, that's correcting sometimes. It's not all one-sided. It's a word that's stimulating and stirring people up because it, it's all going to go back to one thing. It's going to create an image on the inside of you. You're going to start thinking of yourself according to that which you are listening to. Whatever you hear in your ear is going to formulate an impression on the inside. And unfortunately, a lot of people have very poor self-image. I'm not blaming all church for that. A lot of that comes. See, it even goes to the way you treat your kids. Don't you beat your kids down with your words. Oh, you're so stupid. Oh, you don't listen. Oh, you're so thick-headed. Oh, you're so stubborn. You know what you're doing, fool? You know what you're doing, fool? You're you're eating away at that child's self-image. They make mistakes, you call it a mistake, but you teach them the right way to do it, and you do it with love and gentleness. That's how you train a child. You don't beat the thing. I mean, even, even if you beat a dog long enough, you're going to get in trouble with the law and go to jail. Even... even even with animals, we have enough knowledge to know that that's not the way that you, how much more with a child? You beat them with your words. You beat them down and you create a poor self-image. And then they grow up and they do things that, that you know, shock you. Well, why? Because they have such low self-image, that low self-esteem, because they can't, they, they've never been respected. Whoa, man, I'm talking about something here right now. Oh, I can feel, I can feel the air thickening as I'm speaking. I can feel, no, they, they, have, they have poor self-image because they've not been respected. And then they start thinking in a very negative way and it creates this poor system of thought and it perpetuates this ongoing failure in their life. It just keeps on going and it's a downward spiral. No, man, you've got to change that. You have to realize that the words you're hearing. So going back to your church, you need to be in a church and be in a place where you're hearing the word of God and you're being refreshed and being encouraged. And sometimes you're not refreshed. Sometimes you're mad because the word, it's like, but that's good. Just because the pastor makes you mad doesn't mean you should run away. You should say, praise God, he's doing some surgery today and I need to hear that. All right. So never let poor self-image. Never be distracted by need Rather, look to the supplier. Just like Jesus did. He didn't look at the need when we studied the story in Luke's gospel. He didn't look at the need. He looked at the supplier. He looked up to heaven. Uh, Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All right? So never be distracted by need. Rather, look to the supplier. He will supply all things. All right, and then this one we, we studied today. If, you, if one blessing seems to be drying up, don't worry. God is about to take you to a new place. Get ready. You just keep serving and believing and trusting God. You just keep speaking the word over your life and over your future. And this is the, I'll just end with this. It's sort of redundant, but don't be trapped by small thinking. Think big. Everybody say, think big. Hallelujah. We're going to end right there today. Um, on, this, on these messages of doing the impossible. Wow, praise the Lord. Well, I hope that you've gotten something good 
out of the word of the Lord today. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 